0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another
1: episode of What Does the Bible Say About That?
0: It's and Will here again.
1: Today's episode, we're going to talk about the security and assurance of salvation. We'll get into a couple of different perspectives on this topic,
0: and we'll really dive deep into the Word to see what the Bible has to say.
1: And also, hopefully, you can gain some practical application to how this can help your Christian life. We hope you all enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome. How's it going? Will, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm ready to get into the Bible with yes. you, Reese. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. I've been looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. It's taken us a little while to put another one out. Yeah, but, but that's
1: okay. Yeah, it's okay. You know, after God's work, he rested.
0: <laughs> For like six days? Well, no, just one. Just Come
1: one, on. but it, but maybe a thousand I mean, the, the years And the God. Lord is... He's, yeah, well,
0: that's true. Okay, yeah. I've also been ill so that's You have been. been
1: ill You still yeah. are a little ill I might
0: cough during this so I apologize to any listeners who get It's okay man You yeah, hear the abrupt coughs Clear
1: that throat <laughs> I put a cough drop in there So hopefully we'll be okay Good You know I learned in speech Sorry never mind No you're fine well, well, I was going to say in speech class You know when you talk You're mm-hmm. not supposed to have anything in your mouth Well You know you're also sp- not
0: supposed to cough In the microphone There you so. go
1: So we're just rebelling
0: Yeah we're We're, we're rebels Okay. We're born in rebellion, you know. Yeah, we were. Okay. So we're talking about um, the security of salvation today and what the Bible says about that. Um, this is a an interesting topic. Yeah. I don't know what your experience is with it um, growing up, but I know right after I was saved, um, well, that's an interesting, I was saved. Like, you can be assured of that or can you? we'll probably have to talk about that too. <laughs> but after I was saved, yeah. um, I I wondered a lot about this. Um, I would have these moments of, you know, like falling away and um, kind of like falling back into sin. And I'd wonder, you know, what am I saved still? Yeah, I'd always look back at my salvation experience. The first time I was regenerated, the only time I was regenerated. And that was like my anchor, you know, but I still had these doubts. And also had, my friends had the same
1: thing. So I don't know, how. what was your experience with it growing up? Yeah, well, I grew up Baptist. Mm-hmm. And, the you know, the famous Baptist saying is, once saved, always saved. Is that the Baptist that's saying? That's the Baptist saying. I mean, I don't know if it's bound to the Baptist, but that's what a lot of us say. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, And so anyways, it was just kind of engraved in me mm-hmm. that I'm not losing it. Once yeah. I got it it's not going nowhere. You've got your ticket. But yeah, exactly. You get the golden ticket, you know. And but um but I didn't know why. There was no ver- you know, I didn't know any verses about it. I just yeah. knew that I'd, God wanted to save me from my sins. Yeah. But, and you know, allow me to go to heaven, but mm-hmm. I didn't that was it, you know. There's there's nothing else. If someone asked me I wanted to get into a debate about it, I'm yeah. probably going to get beat 9 times out of 10. So <laughs>
0: Yeah. You know, actually in my later, in my later days, like a couple of years after my, you know, becoming a Christian, I became a pretty, like, I'd call myself a hardcore Calvinist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would have been one of those people who would have beat you upside the head with the Bible. <laughs> and, you know, I just, it was just my mission to convince people of the five, you know, pillars, the tulip of Calvinism. The last one being the perseverance of the saints. Being, you can't lose your salvation. Um, so, anyways, this isn't an, this is a topic that comes home yeah. to me because I don't have the same necessarily the exact same view yeah. as I did then. Similar. So, don't be worried in case you're anticipating, you know, what we think. But yeah, maybe we should get into the Bible because it doesn't really matter what for we sure, think. For sure. For sure. It matters what the Bible says.
1: Yeah. So, so maybe I was just thinking maybe to just to give a brief definition of what we mean by salvation. Yeah, Um, And we'll get into the verses here, but I think a good, just a small definition is salvation is God is taking something away from us and he's giving us something. Mm -hmm. Not not really in its place, but so just, I mean, I think Christians most would agree that our sins are taken away. The cross took away our sins. Mm -hmm. God's forgiving our sins. Mm -hmm. And then in... um, and then what he's doing when he does that is he's putting his life in us. He's begetting us to himself. Okay. Where we need the verses for that. Okay, let's look at one of the verses. Okay. I was looking at this one verse. This is in John 1. Okay. John 1:12 it says, "But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, have the right to become children of God." Mm. So there's the believing and then there's the receiving. So that's that's mainly the receiving aspect. But then one of the most famous verses is John three sixteen, yeah, which is for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Yeah, I think seventeen is a good follow up. Uh, for God did not send his Son into the world to condemn, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could also look at John three three. John three three says. Uh, Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Okay. So Jesus is begotten. John 1 talks about that when we believe into him, then we have the right to be born. We get born, yeah. Yeah, and then John 3 three says, unless one is born again. And that, that Greek word there for born is the same word used to describe Christ as the begotten son.
0: Oh, it's the same word. It's the
1: same word. So So this begotten, Mm-hmm. So unless you're begotten of the Spirit, yeah, and I know that's kind of a debate in Christian circles whether that's only son or born or begotten. But that word here, that is only like, so in John three sixteen, mm-hmm. Jesus is the only begotten Son. It's the same word in John three three where He's telling Nicodemus, "Unless you are begotten, unless you're born of the Spirit." Mm-hmm. So sins are taken away, life is given.
0: Yeah. So salvation is really a matter of birth. Yeah, so he's like the only begotten in 316. But after his resurrection, then there's the many sons. He calls them his brothers. He's, you know, right. he's not ashamed in Hebrews 2. So, but yeah, that's a good start. Like the definition is a matter of birth. And really, I think the John 3 chapter is really key because, you know, the Lord uses these um, these simple like analogies or parables or things to make help us really understand like you know he's he's has the high truths he has these mysteries that he's trying to reveal to us but he uses these super simple pictures that everyone understands especially at that time you know he'll talk about farming a lot yeah right. i don't maybe know so much i don't know I but like if farming. you're if you're on the earth at that time like you know what he's talking about right. because you have you know a farm you everyone's growing their own food a lot of times so but yeah with this being born, Nicodemus, who he's talking to in John 3, responds, right? Lord, how can I, you know, get back into my mother's womb and be born again? Right. And the Lord says, well, you, you're you born of the flesh. Do that, right? That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You need to be born of the spirit. But we can actually apply Nicodemus's logic to the spiritual aspect. How could I, you know, be unborn or be go back into oh, yeah it's like what you're
1: saying yeah
0: the the analogy for salvation is birth it's not an analogy we really are born spiritually but um we i mean we can't be unborn that's that's just not logical that doesn't make sense just from a logical standpoint we'll get into actual verses that talk about this but i think it's good to realize like salvation is is birth it's new birth um so yeah, maybe we should get into some other verses, though. Yeah, what do you think? A little more explicit. Well, I think John is a good... John talks about it a lot. Maybe we could um, we could go down to John or up to John 10. John 10 has a good verse, right? there. Um, so yeah, there's a couple things that we can use as our assurance or that we know that keeps our salvation secure. Um, one of them is here in John 10, 28. It says, And I give to them eternal life. So that's like 316, eternal life. And they shall by no means perish forever. And no one shall snatch them out of my hand. So he gives us eternal life. And then he says, By no means shall they perish forever. And so if you can think of any means by which a Christian can lose his salvation, be it someone doing something to him, be it Satan's acts, be it his own faults, be it God by no means can that happen because the eternal life was given and it's an eternal life and it's and we're safe in his hand right yeah he says they should not be snatched out of my hand and then the next verse my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand so he even raises the bar he says you've been placed in my father's hand even so our salvation is secure not by our own doings not by our own acts but it's by the father's hand his strength yeah so yeah I mean that's just it's very clear even just by those two verses right that we could
1: never be t- snatched out of the father's hands yeah what what, what do you think' um, It's a question I would have because it, it seems like there's other places in the Bible though you know that talk about you know you do this and you uh, you, you're something's gonna happen to you. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. John seven. I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew seven. Depart from me, you know. Or um, even the parable of the talents. It's like the guy who doesn't do what he's supposed to do he's not not getting in. You know. So yeah. I, I guess this my my thought to answer that because it's clear in John that we're begotten, we're made sons. It's like you know, I'm my last name is Bailey because my dad's last name is Bailey. Yeah. And no matter what I do, where I go uh i am i could even change my name it doesn't matter my blood is bailey blood yeah. because i've been born as a bailey mhm and so when we're born again it's like the picture of Nicod- or with nicodemus mm-hmm. we're not going to be unborn yeah so like i would just ask the question like where is this to the apostles mm-hmm. you know is this in the apostles teaching is this something that the apostles believed like you can't lose it yeah you know
0: you have you have a verse for us? Well,
1: that? I was kind of asking you. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I mean, I do. There, Paul Paul lays it out pretty clearly in Romans. Um, well, throughout a lot of it, but I think Romans 6 specifically. Yeah. Um, There's a good one in there, right? Yeah. I think Romans 6 and then also Romans 5. So I guess just to give a, a, a word here in, in verse 10, like, why this is important. I mean, mm. like, this isn't a pointless argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People have been arguing about this for a long time. Yeah. But I think the reason we're so passionate about this and the reason we want to do a podcast is one of is Romans 5:10. Mm-hmm. For if we were enemies, for while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be shall we be saved in his life? Mhm. So it's like salvation is a reconciliation. We're reconciled to God. And then once that happens, there's something much more that takes place. Mhm. There's something that we experience or something that we enjoy. I mean, there was a reason the apostles kept going. Hmm. They're obviously saved. Yeah. The Spirit obviously, I mean, makes a huge entrance in Acts 2. Yeah. But then they're willing to die for it. I mean, it's like, Yeah. and I don't think that death is like a, I need to earn it. Yeah. I'm not earning, Paul actually says he earned it before he dies. Hmm. Yeah. I've obtained the crown. I've finished the race. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not, it, I mean, that was more for a reward and that's maybe a whole nother topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge point that there's a difference between our eternal security and our temporal reward or lack thereof or punishment even. So I think actually yeah, our next podcast we it'd be really good to talk about what does it mean for a believer to be rewarded or to not make it. Um because you know, the people there's two camps, right? There's the Calvinist and Arminian camps that seem to are conflict, always yeah. yeah. That's kind of like it's kind of like the battle of the century. Basically, it's like, um, and so, you know, the the Calvinists will say, well, all these verses that scare you and that talk about being cut off or talk about not making the race, um, those people aren't really saved in the first place. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, and and they, I mean that's a, a claim that I mean. That's something that fits their theology, but the verses don't apply that at all. It seems that they truly are believers. Like when it describes these kinds of people, they're already attached. You know, yeah. they're already, you know, his slave. They're already, you know, have a fire burning. So what does that mean? I mean you have to basically just say, well, that's not what it's trying to say. And you kind of shuffle it under the table. On the other side, the Arminians will say, yeah, well, they are saved, clearly. I mean, just read the verse. Any logical mind would think that. But Then they lose it. And then they ignore the verses that we're talking about. No one can snatch them out of my hand. I give them eternal life. Um, There's a verse in Romans 3 that says, um, For what if some disbelieved? In verse 3. Shall their unbelief annul the faithfulness of God? Absolutely not. So unbelief doesn't even annul it. Wow. And... In Romans 6, he says the, the gift of God, which is eternal life, in verse 23. And then in chapter 11, verse 29, it says the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Yeah. He can't take them back. And even in Romans 8, Paul gets into this. He says, um, but in all these things, we are more than conqueror for him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So so it's like very clear you cannot actually lose it. Like there's the gift is irrevocable. But there are verses that are scary. And there are verses that make you think, well, what on earth? How do I take this? I don't right. like reading this because I don't seem like right. I'm really saved.
1: That's right. Yeah, and that's the big burden. Mm. I mean, our, our our huge, like, I mean, that's the reason we wanted to do this is because mm. of that exact feeling. Yeah. Because the Lord is not, that, that's not what he is about. He's, it's not about that we're just circling. I mean, that's, that, that's the point. We, not, we need to stop circling around the cross. It's mm. like every time I hear an altar call, I need to quit going down. Hmm. You know, I mean, even in Romans, Paul talks about, like, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's right. One time. Yeah. You know, and so, and I, I don't know, I just, that's my, my burden is it's like, stop, we need to quit worrying and progress in our Christian life. You know, Peter talks about growing in the faith. Yeah. You know, as babes long for the guileless milk Mm -hmm. of the word shall grow. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's right. And it's like it, it, there's this there's these stage, there's these stages and steps that we have to take And, and I know we're going to get into this in the future podcast. We just don't have time in this one, but mm-hmm. I mean the, our, a lot of our theology, especially like the Armenian Calvinists, it's both like there's verses that prove both yeah. when you have it in that in, in the perspective that they have. But we want to try to lay the foundation that's like maybe there's some different um, teachings and things that the apostles believed and that Jesus taught. Yeah. That they can both coexist in a certain sense, in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: that's huge. There's actually a third option that, that aligns these. Yes. And you know, we're not the only ones who have discovered this like we received this from others, but you know, and that's that's I like what you said. You know, the Arminian and Calvinist doctrines, they're really both fear doctrines the Arminian is afraid of losing his salvation and the Calvinist is afraid whether he's saved or not in the first place. And the Lord in and in the apostles ministering to us, it's like there's no no sense of that. There's no sense of questioning your salvation. There's a sense of will I make it as far as will I receive the crown? Will I run the race? Will I be faithful unto the end, faithful unto death? But as far as am I a Christian, you know, Paul is always bold. To call the worst of believers brothers,
1: yeah. What's that example in in First Corinthians? 6?
0: Yeah, I was talking to Will about this earlier. He calls the brother in, or the guy in First Corinthians five, who's sleeping cool. with his stepmother. He calls him a brother. It's like if anyone, if I can question anyone's salvation, it's this guy. Right. But I mean, Paul tells him. I mean, he talks about how he is a brother. Um Let's
1: see, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Um, Well, I said I was here. I'm in the chapter, but I'm not You're in the chapter? Yeah. Um, Where are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we pick the right chapter? I might not be in the right chapter. That's okay. I think we can... If you guys have the ESV app, or actually any Bible app that you can search, Hmm. you should just search some of these terms. It's talking about the table meeting, too. But anyways, yeah. just to get back on, on topic, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I think even even for me, like, one of the big things that I wanted to encourage our listeners, and yeah. any, really any believers, is like, there is an experience. Exper- like, if you know the Lord, if you've experienced the Lord, you have some experience that when you sin or you do something wrong, something doesn't feel right between you and the Lord. Yeah. What is that? You know, I mean, because like, we could hit the verses all day long, but it's like, no, Reese, after I did this certain thing, I lost it. I mm. know I lost it. I, I felt God's presence leave me. Yeah. It's like, what is that? Mm-hmm. How do we explain that feeling? You know, can you, cause you can't necessarily, well, actually I think you can't explain it with verses. Yeah. And I would, I, I was hoping we could touch on it some, just for, as an encouragement that's mm-hmm. like, you will feel when you mess up and you sin, you're going to feel bad. Mm-hmm. And, and there's going to be a time where the Lord's presence is not, I mean, It's actually what it is. It's fellowship. Yeah, it's our connection with the Lord because He's holy, Mm -hmm. and He can't He can't be He can't mix with unholiness. Yeah. So if we're acting holy, His fellowship, His, I mean, I don't know, is there another word for it, Hmm. other than fellowship? I mean, His His speaking to us, His ministering to us. Yeah, our participation in Him, our enjoyment of Him. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's all a matter of fellowship. Yeah, like that's the thing, like. There's a verse in Romans eight sixteen that's encouraging to me where it says the Spirit, capital S, Himself, witnesses with our spirit, mm. lowercase s, that we are children of God. And so all Christians, all who are genuinely regenerated, all who have truly believed, they know. Deep within, you, you just know. Like you might doubt, like you feel like you're unworthy, you're unholy, but you know that you're a child of God. Like you don't have the confidence to say, yeah, I'm not really a Christian. I don't really believe. Like, you know you believe, and the fact that you're so paranoid and so, like, distraught in your sins or in what's going on is a proof that Christ is living in you, and he's unhappy Right. with what's going yeah. on. You're grieving.
1: That's you know? the thing. It's like, God can be unhappy. That's right. He can be
0: grieved within you. Yeah. Unbelievers don't struggle with, um, oh gosh, I sinned, oh, I did right. this, like, I just, oh my gosh, like, they're, like, dying to know whether they're saved or not, like, yeah. But Christians have this struggle, and it's a matter of maintaining our fellowship with the Lord, which is what 1 John talks about, this fellowship with Him, needing to confess right. First John, so that yeah. He can come in and f- restore that fellowship, mm-hmm. bring in the light, bring in the life. Yeah.
1: I don't it's know. Really
0: what do you think we should... Should we just stop here and maybe... Um, I think reward and punishment is going to be where it, we really dive into yeah. it
1: deeper... Oh, um, right. Cause, uh, yeah, because we're going to get into so many topics here that's like we really want people listening and even, I guess, ourselves just to realize you're you're not going to lose it, but there's some definitely some different deep things that we're going to get into that like you need the security of your salvation. You need to know that you're saved. Yeah. And there's actually an encouraging verse that I like to always look at because when we sin, when we mess up, there's two things we need to do. There's hmm. two principles that I like to live by. Okay. Okay, and they help me. So one of them is confess your sins. I mean, that's kind of around all Christian circles. Mm-hmm. Confess your sins to the Lord, and He is righteous and just to forgive you. Yeah. But sometimes you still feel a little off, and
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: that's where you can turn some of it to Satan and the enemy, because in Revelation it talks about He's accusing us. Day and night. And so there's this verse in Micah 7, 8. It says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise, and when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. mm And so he doesn't say, if I fall, he says, when I fall, we're going to fall. It's going to happen. I mean, absolutely it's going to happen. Yeah. So when we do that, we confess our sins and that isn't regaining the Lord. Yeah. But it's restoring our fellowship with him. We tell him that we're sorry. Yeah. And he accepts that because he's just and righteous and we have his life. We're not going to lose his life. Yeah. And then we turn it to the enemy and say, stop accusing me.
0: Yeah. I fell and I'm going
1: to rise up.
0: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, that's good. Because that's really what what this is. And that's mind and will is, I think, real burden. What we really want to bring out is that as believers, we're running a race. And we can't let our failures and our shortcomings stop us. That's the enemy's tactics. You fail, you fall. He wants to say, are you even saved? You're not, you can't do this. Just why don't you go ahead and go off into the world? But as believers, we need to recognize these these (laughs) facts, these divine facts given to us. That the blood of Christ is able... We confess he's faithful and righteous to forgive. And then we continue. And if the enemy continues to bother us, if we continue to have a feeling of like, oh, I, I'm just unworthy, that is not the Lord speaking. The Lord speaks with light and he shines on specific things. You confess them. You say, amen, Lord, that's right. I'm short here. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Wash me. And He and he's okay. He's, yes. The fellowship's restored. And then the enemy will come in and annoy you but you you to show him the blood you point him to the blood of jesus amen and we continue running because this is not about losing my salvation or not am i saved or not it's about running the race for the prize right laying hold of christ yes exactly so yeah this is good though i think this is a good start to this kind of it's not really a series but these topics you know they go together sure they
1: have to go together yeah looking at the bible
0: yes all right okay We hope you enjoyed this episode of What Does the Bible Say About That? Um, We look forward to doing episodes in the future. If you'd like to donate to this podcast, um, we don't accept money, so you can't do that. But um, feel free to comment on Facebook or one of our posts and just let us know what you think. Let us know of another topic you'd like us to do. And don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date on the new podcast we have coming out. You won't want to miss the next one, we promise. Thanks again.